Hey, today we've got Rob Ahad, and again, it's uh, me, Tim, kicking it off. We're going to tackle kind of a big topic today. We're going to tackle diversity. Again, really heavy, um, but what, we're going to try to keep it light. We're the product guys, so we're going to put a product spin on it, and, you know, uh, we'd love to hear what you think afterwards, so uh, enjoy. I spend a lot of time talking about diversity at work, um, and it's really about thought. And, and, and who's making decisions and how it is that they get pushed out. So, um, you know, we were talking about um, some recent or, or not so recent controversies. Um, there are plenty of examples. If you Google, like, you know, like, you know, insert company and controversy, most of them have it, right? Like Wikipedia has a, has a lot of them. Um, I think a lot of controversy comes from just being tone deaf from not having the right people in the room when you're having um, product discussions. So, you know, the example that I use was, you know, H&M having that, you know, the, the, the African-American kid where, you know, he's wearing a sweater. It's the coolest monkey in the jungle in their advertising. And, you know, in my, my mind, there's a lot of people that are involved in that, you know, publication process, right? It's not just one person or two or three or four or five. So if no one on the product team or the ops team or the printing team or the photography team or anybody else had enough of a voice to say, we shouldn't do that. Then in my mind, you know, that's one of those spots where we're not really representing the marketplace. Um, and we're not really taking a look at who our customer is in a, a product centric way. Um, because those, you know, if you ever look at a company's 10 K, right. You know, or the, if you look at their financial statements, they've got a goodwill line. What's the brand worth by itself. Right. And we can't really call those mishaps or mistakes, right. Because companies are constantly in the news. Now it's a 24 hour, news cycle between user-generated news like Twitter, Reddit, wherever, and, um, you know, public uh, publicity releases, you know, any sort of um, public-facing statements from the company itself. So I was thinking maybe we talk about, like, how to kind of look at product, how to look at different, you know, ways to increase product diversity, diversity of thought, as we're talking about, um, you know, really creating something that allows us knowledge workers to get super excited and engaged, but also doesn't fall flat when it hits the customer because we're not listening to them. So maybe we can start off by setting, laying some groundwork, Rob. When you say diversity, how do you define it? And can you put a product spin on it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, diversity is really... Um, if I, if we go back, right, like I would call myself an advocate for the customer. Like when someone's like, Hey, what's a product manager? I say, I'm an advocate for the customer. Um, you know, if I'm internal, like I'm also an advocate for, you know, whoever's not in the room. Right. So sometimes I'm an advocate for the tech, tech team. Sometimes I'm an advocate for ops, but first and foremost, product equals customer in my mind. So diversity from that perspective just means customer viewpoints 
on your product, right? So let's say, to use an example really quickly, let's say I was representing Coke, right? And I was responsible for a Coca-Cola rollout, right? Um, theoretically, as the customer, I got to be thinking about, okay, like what's out there? What's the cultural zeitgeist? Like what about people who work out? What about kids? What about, you know, dietary restrictions because of uh, various religions or ethnic backgrounds or what have you? Like it's my job and the rest of the product team's job to think about all those differing viewpoints in a way that's authentic. And there's nothing more authentic than having someone in the room to speak to their own viewpoint rather than trusting one person, no matter how good they are, to be an advocate for all customers, which is kind of traditionally where things have been. Yeah, I, you know, when I think about diversity, uh, I think it encompasses everything that you said. I also think a little bit about diversity in, you know, you've got you've got like diversity in income class right i i personally coming from an immigrant family you know had zero money <laughs> you know growing up had zero money and and like that thought process is very different where if you've grown up and experienced you know the calculus of hey you know do i do i as the parent spend a hundred bucks to feed the family today or I spend the hundred dollars in some other way, maybe healthcare or pay down some debt. It shapes the way that you think and see the world, shapes the way that you decide on things. It also kind of shapes the way that you interact with people because the experiences are different. You know, I can say that it, it took a long time before I ever even went out to eat, you know, going out and eating at a restaurant is not something that I grew up knowing. And so those kind of things, you know, as the product person, I, I can't remember like if this stat is still accurate, but at some point, 80% of America makes less than $60,000 a year, right? And so you've probably got a significant percentage of the population that probably makes the same types of decisions and thinks similarly. You know, if you have a lack of diversity there, you're never going to be able to capture the thought process of, you know, someone that is different, that hasn't really had the same life experiences. So I, I, I think from a product perspective, if you want to cater to those folks as well, right? If one day you want them to be your customers, if one day you want to serve them, if one day you want to, you know, grow with those folks, you know, however they take their lives, you, you probably couldn't do that if you didn't include that level of diversity into your decision-making, into your organization. Yeah, that's a great point, Tim. I mean, if I am creating a product for, customers who fall under a specific uh, economic class and then the team that I've set up, the product team, there's nobody who is from that class. So on paper, it might look fine because those are the product managers um, and they have to create a product for people from a different class, right? Uh, economic class. And then when... Uh, so as, as product managers, they have to interact with them. That's what Rob was saying, that they are the advocates of the customer. So they would be doing their best to meet the customers, do interviews face-to-face, -face, uh, some surveys, and try to go in as much detail as possible to understand what the problems are, uh, try to talk a bit about solutions, show, show some demos, get some feedback. 
which is all nice and good as per process. But that mindset and the thought process that also comes in, how maybe they can capture all that information 100% in the best way possible. But if that product manager or if in that team, you also have people who can understand those problems firsthand because they face them or they, they have an interest on, the, on those problems, uh, which means that they would be able to under, understand their customers on a lot deeper level as compared to uh, those product managers who haven't faced those problems firsthand. So if you have that diversity in the team, then this process of making sure we understand our customer, their problems, that would definitely be a lot better. And I, I can't pinpoint when some project from my past, um, I just got this feeling that I've, I've had this discussion uh, at some of my projects where I could see that a person that was in our team was doing a lot better with certain of our customers because he was one of them, right? Uh, so if I don't have this diverse team where I don't have uh, people from different backgrounds, and you know, diversity is a, is a big topic. It's, it's any kind of diversity. It's where you're from, uh, your, your, uh, your education, uh, your, your uh, ethnicity. So all that comes into the equation, uh, depending on what kind of product you want to create. But if definitely, I mean, if, if the question is if having a more diverse team helps you creating a better product, then from my perspective, that's an overwhelming yes. But yes, you have to, it has to make sense for your product. It, you need to see which industry you're working for and which customers you're targeting. Right. Not, and I, I just want to drive into that for one second, right? Like you, I think that one of the most important things that you can do as a company is decide where you can be authentic, right? So um, it, just because you've got that person on the team who is, you know, mirroring your customer base doesn't mean that that person has a voice, right? So there was kind of in, some intentional thought behind my use of the word advocate, right? Like an advocate doesn't idly sit by in the room and we check a box and move on, right? You know, any sort of tokenism, any sort of like, okay, well, we've got one of these on the phone so we can call ourselves good and diverse and woke and whatever else it is you want to brand yourself, like that, that's not going to work, right? Like you, you have to kind of understand um, what your product base is and also what your product base is not, um, which is why I think that really trying to figure out how to escape the curse of knowledge and really objectively look at yourself is so important. Right, just because your product is selling well somewhere, doesn't mean that it could that you know why. And really creating and, and cementing those feedback loops is is super important because it could be the minor differences in your product that are the difference between it doing very well and very poorly um, in terms of like what language it's in, right? What kind of Spanish is it in? Um, what kind of you know insert you know, sort of ritual or, 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 or product orientation is it in? Um, what ecosystems is it a part of, right? Like you're, you might have a product that's really, really great for 18 plus, right? But really your average customer base is like in their 50s. Well, how do you make sure that you're intentionally targeting the right people? Um, at what age should you start marketing, even if people can't use your product or maybe you're not a great fit? 
Is there an opportunity gap? Like those things, again, can't be created in a vacuum. And it's got to be in a space where the people who meet those demographics can get you that information in an authentic way that's kind of respected by the product team and not, you know, sort of brushed off as a backlog item to be addressed later, right? Even if they do just pick it up, consider it, and then put it on the backlog. Um, if you really have the right team, and that's the kind of the difference between diversity and inclusion, where I steal a famous quote uh, by Verne Myers, um, diversity um, is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance, right? It really is the ask to dance. Am I integrated? Is this viewpoint integrated into the product process? Um, that's the tricky part in my personal experience. Tim, we need to start reading more books. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, uh, why need to, Why do we need to read books when we've got Rob? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I echo, I echo that sentiment. I really do. I, I, I loved that, you know, diversity alone is probably not, you know, at face value enough. It, it needs to be embraced you know it, it needs to be fully authentic and embraced and it's and it's like if you can check a box without having that opinion widely accepted or that viewpoint widely accepted in your organization what's the point right with our h&m example earlier what's the point if maybe they had someone in the room that could have prevented potentially a costly marketing campaign right it hurt their brand it probably had they had to roll back you know, time people spent on it. Um, it cost the company money. It hurt the company. Well, you know, even if they had someone in the room that could have spoken up and pre prevented all this early on, well, if if the company doesn't embrace it, there's not that level of authenticity. If no one's ever allowed to dance at the company, then, well, not no one, but, you know, if the folks that actually have a diverging opinion don't, feel comfortable speaking up, no point, right? It has to be ingrained in the culture. Yeah. Absolutely. And another point to towards the benefits of having a diverse team. So in product, right, we have two high-level domains, right? You first try to understand or identify what the problem mm -hmm. is. And then you, you try to create solutions to solve those problems. So the identification part is where people who have who can relate to the customers more better, like in a direct way, that's where they will be very helpful to identify those problems uh, and get all the information from the customers because uh, they've seen that firsthand. And then on the solution part, they might or might not be the right people for giving the best inputs because that's where people from other backgrounds come or other experiences or other thought processes, they come in because a product needs to have the best solution for the customer and the customer or the people who are in the same demographics, they might not know what that best solution is. So then that's another angle of diversity that if you have people from different backgrounds, people who are outside the demographics of the customers, they can pitch in based on their experiences at the time of coming up for, for uh, coming up with the best solution for those problems. Yeah. So, Rob Ahad, what do you think? Do we uh, do we have a proposed solution for folks to? Do we have any best practices for people to take away with them? I think um, 
uh, I think an approach would be to have a good, fo- which I think a lot of teams don't do or a lot of companies don't do, to have a strategy for creating a product team. Um, and then a lot of inputs needs to go into it. Uh, sometimes just in the matter of time, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough budget, or you have to meet certain timelines. You just come up, you just float out CVs, or you pick up people because that's just easy for you. That's the quickest way for you. So I think enough time and thought needs to go into uh, team building or building the right team. Uh, And that needs to be structured around what your product vision is. Um, And I think if you do that correctly initially, it is going to be one of the best efforts that you've put in at the start of the product than anything else. Because once you have the right people on board, they get empowered, they feel a strong connection with the vision, and then they just start flying on autopilot. So I think that's one aspect of product management, which I believe doesn't get a lot of, maybe it's not a topic for product management, it's more, I think it is, because you have to, even a product manager or a a project director of head of products, they have to create a team. So I think that's something that needs to be uh, discussed more often on how to create effective teams for a product development yeah. project. Yeah. And let me let me chime in here because I, I want to make sure that Rob gets kind of the final thought on it. But, you know, thinking through it initially, I, I couldn't think of any best practice or solution for such a big concern, right? It's a big item you know, diversity, it, it can touch so many different areas. Um, but, you know, if I'm thinking, if I put my product hat on, I think number one, you know, really make sure you're conducting good interviews uh, because you want to capture some of the, some of the thought process and um, kind of personalities that you haven't really considered. But that's just, you know, in terms of the customer, right? More importantly, we really want to look for, that inclusion in the workplace, in your coworkers, right? Because just hearing an interview, you know, I'm not sure it really accomplishes what we're trying to say here. Really, this almost needs to be a part of your core values as an organization. Maybe if, you know, you look in the organization and you don't see that this is something, you know, diversity and inclusion is something that the organization cares about, you, you can, A, try to influence it. You know, as a product person, you're a master at influencing or hopefully you're developing that skill. Uh, you can try to do that within the org or you just leave. <laughs> go, to some, go somewhere else where, where this is an issue because, uh, you know, certainly an organization that can do this well will commit faux pas less frequently and so we'll down the line be more successful anyway. And, uh, you know, you as a, as a, someone in the workforce want to be on the winning team or on the winning side of, um, of, diff- of the competitive landscape, right? And so, you know, you want to look for that. And then I, I, th- I think just making sure that, you know, you personally as someone in an organization embraces and welcomes every voice, I think is very important, you know, diversity and inclusion, when you're making hiring decisions, you don't want to check the box of that token, whatever. Make sure that you're listening to them. You know, you make the space to um, kind of embrace these opinions, right? 
maybe it is backlogged, but it needs to be heard, right? And it needs to be acknowledged thoroughly. So, you know, in terms of best practice, that's the best I got. Rob, you want to you wanna give us any final thoughts? Sure. So uh, I, I think you all hit up um, most of the, the salient points that I would have had. But I think the first thing, um, right, if we're going to go to, I believe it was Franklin, right, what gets measured gets managed, right? I think a lot of people are afraid to put out statistics in terms of who's who in the workforce, right? Like, I think that if you were to really articulate some of the things that we have around age, education background, all the things that you use to hire someone, right? And correlate those things with the decisions that they're making and the customer base, right? A lot of the mystery goes away. I, I think that, you know, again, to steal another quote, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Um, it's not arcane. There's no, there's no mystery why people shop where they shop. Um, and if we were to look at the statistics, let's do that for a second. Um, 2015, 88% of Americans had a high school diploma or GED, 33% had a bachelor's or more, and 12% had an advanced degree such as a master's, professional degree, or doctorate, right? So that doesn't match my experience whatsoever when we're coming to the product team, right? Just that, just that one statistic, right? Um, I would say 90 something percent would have had, right, at least uh, at, at least a bachelor's. Right. Um, so just going back to your point. Right. Uh, Tim, the the conversation needs to be authentic. I think that a lot of times brands can hurt themselves trying to step too far out of their lane and do things that they're not really qualified to do without listening to their customers. I think the recent. Um, you know, conversation around racial injustice is a great example of that. How many people put out something that said Black Lives Matter or, you know, we, we stand for, you know, Insu group or people here and later face some backlash in the conversation because it, it hadn't really permeated their brand, right? Um, and that's from, not, I'm not talking about public offices or organizations. I'm talking about private organizations, um, where, you know, people would say things or in my personal circle, it was like, you know, I was fine with that episode of Golden Girls. Um, I really just didn't want to get shot when I went outside, right? By the people who are here to protect me. Like, put that energy elsewhere, right? Like, make a donation toward this group. Don't take this episode out of circulation, right? Don't rename your syrup and expect that you're good in terms of your obligation to society, Alternately, if you can't do anything other than rename your syrup, maybe don't do anything at all, right? So really being open to being wrong and being transparent in what's going on in the organization goes a really long way because this is an evolving national and international conversation. So um, being aware of the fact that products aren't being looked at as like experts, right? but that we, we are in large part being asked to vote with our feet, especially in the middle of this pandemic. So we are looking for authenticity and we are looking for brands to like really respond well and really keep the dialogue going when they respond poorly. That's great. Cause again, if you keep hiring the same people from the same schools, right, no matter what they look like, you might not represent your customer who 
in all likelihood, based on the stats that you gave out earlier, Tim, you know, two thirds of them don't have a college degree, right. right? How are you representing them when they're looking at your product versus substitutes um, in an authentic way if you're not listening to them and they're not in the room, no one like them is in the room, et cetera. You know, I, I thought of an interesting conflict there as you were going through kind of your thoughts is that, you know, what is the difference between the company's actual behaviors internally versus how well they put out a diversity marketing campaign? Because the whole change of the name of your syrup, thank you very much. That's, that's not very helpful. Um, but that's just their marketing campaign versus what are they really doing under the hood? No one, no one could really even know, right? Yeah. And, and at what level of accountability are you going to hold them to, right? Like when you look at the organizations that institutions invest in, right? When you look at how they make their money and what they do with their money and who their brand partners are, right? Who made your iPhone or your, or your, Android Oh, definitely device? my cousin. <laughs> who made your iPad? <laughs> who made like, who, where do you go with this conversation if you're in the product right. space, right? Because again, I say inclusion and I mean that you get on the other side of that argument and you have the tough discussion before it gets to your, to your audience so that whenever these ethical conversations come up or these conversations around inequality in any sort of dimension, this isn't the first time that you've heard about it. Or, you know, my other challenge would be be ready and have a corporate culture that's ready to have that tough conversation around, hey, this is why it is that we're doing business in this country in this way. This is why we continue to make these investments, even though there's been public outcry. Like, I think one of the challenges is that um, people don't necessarily feel like there's a lot of accountability when they raise a concern. Right. And sometimes that can just be, hey, folks, like if you're, let's say it's fossil fuels, right? A lot of companies have gotten around some of that conversation by saying, by insert year here, 2025, whatever, yeah. we're moving away. Right. Um, which is not an admission of wrongdoing, which is very hard for companies culturally to do. But it is saying we're, we're trying to move in the right direction. Um, and I think big corporations can do themselves a lot of favors, a lot of favors by just publicizing a lot of the tools that they have in place right now, today, um, in terms of capturing customer feedback. Like, hey, we've got a dedicated social media team. Hey, we've, we're going to do, you know, Reddit AMAs. We're going to do, this is the level of marketing research that we do. This is the conversation that we have with your local government offices. Um, you know, just being transparent in the ways that the companies are already listening to customers and highlighting decisions that are made because the customer has been listened to goes a long way. Right. Um, but ultimately I don't think that we're, most companies are great at doing that. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people kind of feel that might impinge on their um, ability to make sovereign good decisions on behalf of the customer. And clearly that's not the expertise that we're that the customer is looking for in 2021. Right. Clearly, customers want to be a part of things. Kickstarter and some other things have shown that customers really want to feel like they're piloting ideas 
rather than just getting great product a lot of the time, right? Like Apple has that luxury because they're a luxury brand, right? Luxury brands are a lot different than just nuts and bolts. This is how I live my life, right? And, and, and really people need to understand that difference if they want to be successful in the marketplace. Um, because again, to your point, Tim, if you have $100 um, and as a family or your surplus, um, not your surplus, your stimulus check came in and you've got to make hard decisions, who are you trusting with that money? Right. Right. Is it the, if the, per, the person who's telling you how you feel and what's going on and accept my product because there's no substitutes and shut up, right? We don't need to hear right. your opinion. And we don't need to hire anybody who looks like you or lives like you. Or is it the person who you can kind of, if you can't see their face, then you kind of know their heart from a product right. perspective, which is a <laughs> phrase I didn't think I'd use today. It's probably going to be the right. second one, right? By the words of the great Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets managed. And diversity, let's make sure we're measuring it, so to speak. We covered a couple of things around uh, diversity. You know, hopefully you got a sense of why it's important, right? The whole idea of diversity is you want to incorporate it to prevent your company just from making costly mistakes, just marketing errors. And you also want to be authentic. That's, I think, what we're all trying to say is be authentic when it comes to uh, diversity, be authentic to the coworkers and the workspace. Make it a part of your culture because it's important. Uh, we believe that it's going to be beneficial to your organization in the long run. So, again, uh, we're gonna leave a. I think it's called a voicemail, but it's part. It's a. It's a link that we're gonna include in the description. Let us know what you think about the episode. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. And this is Product Guys signing off. I'll catch you next time.